is Wednesday, November 2nd, 2011, and this is Radio Wave. the Medj Network Information Service, I'm Robert John. Medjugorje visionary Maria Lunetti completes South American spiritual journey. On October 24, 2011, Medjugorje visionary Maria Lunetti completed a spiritual journey through South America and Florida with a final apparition in Key Biscayne, Florida. The trip began in Mexico City, Mexico on October 20th where approximately 3,000 pilgrims came to be in the presence of Our Lady. The crowds grew as the journey continued, with roughly 7,000 in Guayaquil, Ecuador, and a figure of 11,000 reported by police in Key Biscayne, Florida. The trip was organized by a friend of Medjugorje, founder of Caritas of Birmingham. Dropping everything and changing any plans they had, Pilgrims came from as far away as nine hours in Mexico, and pilgrims from as far away as New York came to be in the presence of Our Lady in Key Biscayne. Our Lady desires that we come to be in her presence, saying on February 25, 1984, Know that I love all of you. Know that you are all mine. Come to me, all of you. Stay with me. I want to be your mother. Come. I desire all of you. This is the Medj Network Information Service. Super Cookies The computer world is in an uproar these days after Stanford University Ph.D. candidate Jonathan Meyer uncovered a new type of file called a super cookie. Since the outset of the Internet, many users have known about cookies, files that collect certain types of personal data, such as browsing history and other personal preferences, which help to customize your time spent online. These cookies could be deleted easily by users and were gone from the computer once deleted. Super cookies, on the other hand, are much more sophisticated, gathering data, transferring it back to whoever owns the file, and can be very difficult to find and delete. Some of these super cookies, when deleted, Generate new cookies in a different location on your computer so that data collection can continue without your knowledge. These new files are very, very powerful tools in understanding and targeting consumers to maximize advertising profits. When the story broke, certain website owners have stated that they did not even know that super cookies were operating through their site. This may be true. As often, it is the advertisers on these sites who are the ones that typically install these files. The online ad industry has begun to establish a set of its own privacy rules in an effort to deflect the possibility of national privacy legislation. Jonathan Mayer stated of self-regulation, quote, If industry self-regulation allows you to rummage in browser history to see if someone is trying to get pregnant or has bad credit, you really can't make an argument that self-regulation is working." Unquote. Our Lady spoke of consumerism as an evil spirit on March 25, 1996, saying, In this time, when due to the spirit of consumerism, one forgets what it means to love and to cherish true values, I invite you again, little children, to put God in the first place in your life. Do not let Satan attract you through material things, but, little children, 
Decide for God, who is freedom and love. From the Medge Network Information Service, I'm Robert John. This is Medjugorje.com. Stay tuned for our regular radio wave broadcast, brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham. It was an event you didn't hear of. Never a warning given. Never reported in the headlines. August 2nd, 1981. A declaration of war. The Virgin Mary appeared at an obscure threshing floor in a corner of the world in an unknown village called Medjugorje. The Virgin told us that a great struggle was about to unfold between her son and Satan, and that human souls were at stake. All the while, the world moved forward into a war it didn't know was begun. You, between two sides, her son and Satan, heaven and hell, earth the battleground. The time of separation was started. On which side shall you be? Entering a New Time, a booklet by a friend of Medjugorje, timeless in its message, important in its direction. Entering a New Time from Caritas of Birmingham. Order on medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, and click on MedgeMart, or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000. Entering a new time by a friend of Medjugorje, available from Caritas of Birmingham. The home is sacred, a noble place where order is born. The Greek philosopher Homer said, There is nothing nobler or more admirable than when two people who see eye to eye keep house as man and wife, confounding their enemies and delighting their friends. What takes place in the home has an important effect upon the whole world. If homes are unstable, the whole of society will be also. The only way to have a noble home and see eye to eye is to understand your role and live it. By this means, society will change. Many homes today, including Christian homes, are only filled with unpeace and strife. Is your home a sacred holy place, a refuge where the Holy Spirit wishes to dwell in the midst of family? Or is your home a war zone with no peace, full of strife and division? Is there hope for change? How to Change Your Husband, a book by a friend of Medjugorje, Truly the Owner's Manual for the Family, God's Direction Through Our Lady and Her Messages from Medjugorje. For over 15 years, How to Change Your Husband has healed thousands of families through God's grace. How to Change Your Husband, available from Caritas of Birmingham. For a free download or to order, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S. 205-672-2000. How to Change Your Husband by a Friend of Medjugorje, available from Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a Friend of Medjugorje. And How to Change Your Husband continues to be uh, one of our more widely requested books, uh, particularly because uh, the family and the situation that the family is in today. And for those of you that have visited Medjugorje.com today uh, for the November 2nd, 2011, Riding with a Friend of Medjugorje, uh, that book is being made available to you free of charge. 
and uh, you just cover the shipping price on that. Uh, but the book is being made available to you free of charge as well as the download. So uh, as we go into this broadcast with Radio Wave, our host, the friend of Medjugorje, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. I've stood on the ground there in Medjugorje, on the spot where Our Lady was touched and a separation was taking place. Those who sinned, who Maria saw, turned Our Lady's black, mantle black, and those who did not turn it black when they touched it. Of course, she said to go to confession. But on this threshing ground, this place of separation, standing there, what will it be like in the future? Have you been there? I know all the pilgrims that go with Caritas, we take you there, we explain that to you. But can we imagine even in this moment, even though we know the words of August 2nd, 1981, that a great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan, human souls are at stake. We didn't realize it to the 80s, nor the 90s, but now we're seeing it. Because we have so much secular support. Look around you, my children, at the signs of the times. It's easy to see now. Nobody's telling us. Nobody's telling me in the writings that you're being too harsh on our culture. But we was writing the same thing we're writing now 20 years ago. Do you want to know what's going on in the future? Read the message. We see hardly anything different now that we didn't see 20 years ago. Three things will take place in the future. A great separation, or rather first, it will be a radical conversion across the world, sweep through the whole world, just like a tsunami. For those who open themselves to God, They'll convert. And then a great separation will take place, number two. And then three, your all, your whole heart, your whole being will seek the conversion of pagan. Why is that important to know about the future? Because you have to make decisions in the present. Prophecy is not for the purpose of knowing what's coming in the future, but before what man has to decide now in the present for the future course of the world. We know this. You say, I haven't heard anybody else say it. Well, it's true. It only comes from here. These three things. I'm convinced of it. I see it. I understand it through prayer. But I've had the luxury of going to Medjugorje over 200 times. Standing on these grounds, reading these messages, thinking about them, meditating on them. I like said October 23rd, 1986. Without your prayers, dear children, I cannot help you to fulfill the message which the Lord has given to me, or rather given me to give to you. Therefore, dear children, pray so that in prayer you realize what God has given you. Do you realize what you're being given? Do you realize what you're given today? And it's a unifying message. It's not diversity. Diversity doesn't work with this message today. It's unifying, calling to go into God's family. But for those who do, separate from those who don't. So now it makes sense what Jesus says in the scriptures. I didn't come for man's peace. I came with the sword to divide mother from father, or rather mother from or father from children. Brother against brother. From your in-laws. You've got to make a decision in the present about what you're learning is coming in the future. The perfect nature of the messages is to have to make decisions now, not later. What kind of decision are you going to make? How are you going to follow the messages? Are you listening? Or is it too hard? Or do you not want to accept what he says? I wrote some caustic stuff today. And it chokes some people. It's on meds.com. Why would it choke? Because we don't want to change. 
We don't want to follow God. We don't want to accept what he gives us. We want to imagine God who we think he is rather than what he really is. And so standing on that ground, August 2nd, 1981, a great struggle is unfolding. Our lady shows a separation between, she says it, between my son and Satan. We can't stand on the middle ground. We came to the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, even the 90s in some part, on the fence. But there's no more fence to stand on. You're either going to be on this side of the line or the other side of the line. Our lady's call is positive. A relationship with God the Father. The joy of prayer in Him. He's near us. And where to follow that? Where to answer that call? Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's November 2nd, 2011 message given to Mariana on the Day for Nonbelievers. Dear children, the Father has not left you to yourselves. Immeasurable is his love, the love that is bringing me to you, to help you to come to know him, so that through my Son, all of you can call him Father, with the fullness of heart, that you can be one people in God's family. However, my children, do not forget that you are not in this world only for yourselves, and that I am not calling you here only for your sake. Those who follow my son think of the brother in Christ as of their very selves, and they do not know selfishness. That is why I desire that you be the light of my son, that to all those who have not come to know the Father, to all those who wander in the darkness of sin, despair, pain and loneliness you may illuminate the way and that with your life you may show them the love of God I am with you if you open your hearts I will lead you again I am calling you pray for your shepherds thank you so why does our lady say the father has not left you to yourselves Are many people wondering, where is God? Certainly, there's parts of the culture and aspects of it where God can't dwell. And there's certainly parts of the culture that just before Noah and the flood, that he kept, he kept things continuing. Maybe the workers who helped Noah, that there's aspects that even though God shouldn't dwell there, and he doesn't necessarily, he allows certain things to happen to get us to where we need to be. Like the economy. There's no reason for this to continue except for God's allowing us more time. The rains couldn't start until Noah finished the ark. The time we're in can't finish until Our Lady's got her ark built with enough people on her calls going to be answered no more. But don't think we're not on a timetable. She's been given, I believe, her 40 years in the desert to grab the people, the Israelites, the chosen ones. A time that I don't believe at all that she started with that was guaranteed, but maybe in her highest hopes she would gain that she did. Did it happen? Was it granted? On her 2000th birthday, 1984, never did I cry in sorrow in life as a crowd in joy today. Was that the time God gave it to her? Was it another time? March 25th? When Our Lady was said, I think it was in the 80s, where Our Lady said, that rejoice with me and my angels, dear children. Part of my plan has been fulfilled. All of heaven was rejoicing. All the angels were rejoicing. Something happened. We know part of that was the consecration of Russia, which some people dispute. But it correlates with Bishop uh, Nalinsa in Russia, secretly for John Paul, 
being there and you with other bishops to consecrate Russia. I know there's disputes about that, but I know Bishop Lindsay, he was here twice. We spoke about it. He said he was emissary for John Paul to go into Russia with the statue of Our Lady, and he did this. And Our Lady later, we found out on the day he did it, was the day Our Lady says, Rejoice with me and my angels, dear children. Part of my plan has been fulfilled. But also with that consecration, did Our Lady get 40 years for Medjugorje? I believe it to be so. But nine years can come real quick. So we're on the wind down. We're in the fourth quarter. So you see, Alea appears 20 minutes to the hour. The final 20 minutes. The final part of the hour. I've seen sometimes where the apparition doesn't start till quarter till the hour. That is the final quarter of the hour. So what are these things, what are they saying to us? What does it mean to us? It means that you've got an opportunity like few people in the history of the world to act on the second most important event in the history of the world. And of course the third when Jesus comes back. One, two, three. Jesus is here, Mary's time, Jesus comes back. And so we have it all in front of us. And yet we're preoccupied with so many other things that keep us from learning who God the Father is. Just 30 days ago to Mariana, Our Lady mentions 10 times either herself as mother or God the Father, her son. 10 different times. You think she's telling us something? And then today's message, as soon as I got into it, I thought about how to change her husband. Written in 1995. How many years ago is that? 16 years ago. And everything written there can be correlated right here. Does that amaze me? Yes, it does amaze me. It amazes me because we've seen the fruit of the actions, or rather the carried out actions on acting on these messages of our lady and what the book teaches. The woman, for good or bad, runs the world. And it's Our Lady who comes to save it. We wonder, do we have the power to, to change the world? Well, we have a wickedness in womanhood today. Our Lady's come to rise up and reverse that. Some people might think that's pretty strong words to say. But the virtue, the modesty, the chasteness, the crassness of the woman today is nothing of when we had a pure society. A woman has the power to make a man a king or a clown. She can make him pick up a bottle or she can put it down or he can make him pick it down. A woman's power is immense. Our Lady is coming to show that God the Father and Our Lady's respect for him is showing this unique relationship of what's supposed to be in the family. This is a family message. Through my son, all of you can call him father. This whole message is about family. And where is the most darkness today of sin and despair and pain and loneliness? Where does it come from? In the family. Broken people Make up a broken world today. Everybody's touched by the feminist movement. And so the power of a woman can tear down or build up. We've seen that. And I'm talking about power of a woman. I'm not talking about the power of our lady. She builds up. Her whole work is to unify us into one family. As she says, into God's family. That you can be one people in God's family. That's not diversity. That's not promotion of diversity. That's making oneness. Come in union with Christ. She says that through her son she seeks this. That we become brothers in Christ. And that through that, 
and this oneness, there's no room for this diversity in what the world teaches us at this moment. So without saying a word, the women today can do many things. They have the power of good and the power of, of evil. And this is in the church. As I wrote about today in Ungodly Rage, a book Donna Steichen wrote about. I think she wrote that in the 80s. Trace it. Everybody's affected by this. Every marriage is affected by it today. We've forgotten what a woman can do. But sometimes it's nice to be reminded by that. She's got the power for good. And she's got the power to do wrong. She guides the world. It's not in the man's hands. Headship is. Authority is. But if she don't give it, if she don't incline herself toward that, if she don't submit to that, there's nothing a man can do. And so we got a wreckage of family today. And so the woman has great, great power to change things. It can make a man feel like Or feel just like a clown It can make him run for cover Or stay and stand his ground It can make a man pick up the bottle Or help him lay it down You can stop his whole world from turning Or turn his whole world around That's the power of a woman It's the touch of her hand so much a question about what the content of this message is today as I do as looking at it for myself the messages themselves are becoming longer not all the messages last um, the October 25th wasn't such a long message but it's it's becoming harder to absorb 
a message just from one month to the next because of the length. And、uh, I just wonder what your thoughts about, what, about that is. You know, if you look back on the messages of the early days and even in the, the、uh, 80s and 90s, they're probably one third the size of this. So. Well, I know Jesus in his last days, especially in Poor Man Guy, speaks about that he had so much to say to them still at the Last Supper and so little time left. That why would it not be the same knowing that these are the last times, or the last time, that Our Lady will walk the earth? Fatima, Lourdes. Medjugorje, these apparitions where they can talk to her, discuss things, touch her, see her physically in a glorified body. You know, the difference in Rudabach Paris, where Lady gave the Marcus Medal, was something private. But these public apparitions, where Lady appears outside in all these, this is over. And so it's just reason that says to us that if this is the last time our ladies will be visiting the earth in this way, we'll never have any more apparitions. I remember reading a book about Fatima way before I even knew about Medjugorje back in the 70s. And I said to myself, it's probably around 78, 77, somewhere in that period, that it, I'd, I'd heard about Fatima my whole life. I was raised Catholic. I never read anything about it. I knew the stories, I knew about the, the, the rosary. But the first time I read really about the whole story of Fatima, I said to myself when I closed the book, I remember sitting on the couch closing that book and saying, if this ever happens in the world again, I'm going to go there. Did I remember that the next day? Nope. Did I remember it the next year? No. When I remembered it, I was coming down the road here after three trips to Medjugorje. And a flash came to me, picturing myself on that couch, closing that book, and said, If this ever happens to the world, I'm going to go there. That thought, that wish expressed back in 78, somewhere around that time, came into being back into my memory in, 19, in、uh, 1987. All those years, 10 years or so, had disappeared. Never even thought about it. But now we have the reality of our lady saying these are the last apparitions on earth. And we can reason. Isaiah says, Come reason with me, says the Lord. That our lady has a still yet a lot to say with, tell us. She's going to lead us, leave us with messages and words to get through the Antichrist system at the end of the world. And that's, we're going to be looking at that. We won't, but people that will be alive then will be looking at that. How do we navigate through this Antichrist? Where the tribulation was going to be so severe that God will end it after 36 months, according to the scriptures. People think it's now. It's not now. 30 years of apparitions explains that. The Tower of Babel was destroyed because it wasn't time yet for that to happen. Man was progressing in civilization faster than what he's supposed to. And we're progressing in the time of Antichrist when it's not yet time. We're not ready for the Antichrist. We're not ready to go through a period of the Antichrist. Is he here? Yes. The system is. Can a, can a man become incarnate the devil now? Yes, if Satan jumps into him. But we're not ready. We don't have the fiber. We don't have the wherewithal as modern man to understand scriptures applied to this modern time. And so we're going to break this back of the building and the system we're in presently that's leading very quickly and in the midst of the Antichrist system. Which Our Lady is going to triumph over at this moment to show those in the future who will live under the Antichrist how to make it through there. And by then they'll have the fiber, they'll have the, the decades of the messages, they'll have our history, our future. Our Lady says, be a mirror to others, be a reflection of Jesus. Often I might say, or you might say, well, Jesus did this, and so this is why I did that. And they say, well, you're not Jesus. Yes, you are. I don't buy that when somebody says that. Saint, Mother Teresa once was, was asked, well, or, Do you want to be a saint? They expect her to say no. She said, Yes, I want to be a saint. We're called all to be saints. We're all called to be a reflection of Jesus. 
Jesus was God, but he also was man. Not, not as God we're imitating, but his example, his witness, his selflessness, his giving of it, his servitude to his apostles, putting himself last. We're to imitate that. I'm to be a reflection of Jesus. And that's our lady's words. Be a reflection of Jesus. So don't buy into the lie when somebody says, well, you're not Jesus. You may be the only Jesus somebody may meet. You may be the only Bible in the way you live life that somebody may read. They read your life. So as our lady says, to all those who wander in darkness, sin, despair, pain, and loneliness, you may illuminate the way and that with your life you may show them the love of God. And so it is we have in the family a travesty. We have the headship, the husband. We have the wife who submits to the headship. And in today's family, we don't have the example of obedience. If one is exercising authority, should not one be exercising the example and witness to obedience? Kids aren't learning obedience. They're learning to be tyrants. How do children learn what God the Father is? Except by the Father in the home. And how do fathers Teach your children who God is, except being godly. But do you know the power to do that is in the woman's hands? As the song just said, she can make them pick up the bottle or she can make them put it down. You say, well, you don't know my husband. That boy that's your husband now was raised by a woman. The greater weight is on the woman to change the world. Which way is she changing it? I tell you, a lady came and she said on December 19th, I will give all mothers my blessing, my motherly blessing on Christmas Day. And Jesus will bless the rest with his blessing. This is not, not a statement, a segregation of mothers, wives, away from all the others, all the men, all the other boys and girls. She's got the power. She has the influence. And a man cannot exact his authority. He cannot be even obedient in the way of example to what a father should be in teaching the children if the mother doesn't support that. Don't tell me you reject that. Oh, you're free to. You say, oh, my husband's an alcoholic. He's a drunk. He's a dredge. And that's what you call him. And he's always giving a bad example to the children. You know, what kind of father is that? He's worthless. You know what you're going to make your children by doing that? A very negative, broken, despair, lonely, full of sin kid. Our children, kids. But that's not what Ronald Reagan's mother did. His dad was a drunk. His dad was a louse. His dad changed job to job. But she handled it in an incredible way. That instead of being broken, Ronald Reagan respected his father. He's an incredible statement. An example of the power of a woman. The image she made of her dad is demanding of respect. He pitied his dad. But he picked up the good traits of his father that the mother pointed out. And you'll be hard-pressed to find any man that was a sociable, that was well-liked, and could deal on a public scale the way Ronald Reagan related to people. The woman, not the man, can determine the image of the father. He may not be perfect. He may be perfect. But you can make an imperfect man perfect in the eyes of the children. And you can make a perfect man or near-perfection man really broken and sorry in front of the children. It's all in your hands. And so it is. How does this father teach the children who God the Father is? 
by his example. But women out there, wives out there, realize how much power is in your hands to hold him up, to point out his traits, to say, don't you dare ever think that ill of your father. Don't you ever dare disrespect him. This comes back to you, woman. Don't destroy yourself. Don't destroy the love your children will have for you. It reciprocates back. You've got the power to do many things. Are you there for that? When you need picked up cause you fell down Need a piggyback ride or a birthday clown Need a song to take you to sleepy town I'll be there When you need a coach or you need a fan Need a castle built out of ocean sand A rainbow chaser, I'm your man I'll be there I'll be a tear dryer, a paper airplane flyer, a monster runner offer if you get scared. I'll be a sap, I'll be a sucker, a story maker upper, anytime, anything, anywhere. I'll be there. Skin your knee Need a big old hug Or a bowl of ice cream I promise you can count on me I'll be a heart mender A prayer sender A hoper and believer When it's all up in the air Strong and steady shoulder I'll be a secret holder Anytime, anything, anywhere to hold your hand Need a daddy or you just need a friend I'll be there I'll be of a lifetime. Come to the five-day annual retreat, December 8th through 12th, the five days of the reconciling of ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God, a prayerful gathering to implore the mercy of God upon our families and nation. America was given a beautiful gift on Thanksgiving Day, November 24, 1988. The Virgin Mary appeared in an open field 
consecrating the spot by her heavenly visitation. Today, Our Lady appeared and she was very happy when she came. She announced through the Medjugorje visionary, Maria Lunetti, she was here to help us and that she would intercede for you to God for all your intentions. Experience Our Lady. Experience retreat. Experience Christmas. Experience a place fragranced by the Queen of the Angels herself and leave moved deep within your heart. With the events of Our Lady's apparitions in Medjugorje, come to a special place she's visited, designated, and allow Our Lady to enlighten you in regard to God's plans to renew the face of the earth, nay, even all of creation. For more information, call Caritas at 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. We uh, received a feedback earlier today through for the writing, um, a friend of Medjugorje's writing that's posted on the site. Um, and it's from Carol from Naples, Florida, and she writes, uh, Marvelous, right on. Years ago, I was invited to a convention which many of the infiltrated with this Blarney nuns, priests, and bishops attended. I felt completely out of place because I was the only dissenter. It sickened me. And I watched the planted seeds grow in our parishes with the smiling men, glad to let these women take over. I found it difficult to believe so many seemed to agree. This is the first time I realized what those roots were. And, of course, for those of you that are, uh, have not read the article yet uh, or the writing on Medjugorje.com, uh, a friend of Medjugorje goes deeper into Our Lady's message, speaking about God the Father and this role of the woman in society. And he mentions a section in there where uh, the feminist movement has infiltrated specifically in the Catholic Church. And again, he mentioned that earlier in the broadcast, uh, Donna Steichen's book, Ungodly Rage, goes more into this. But a question about that is, uh, we, we hear a lot, particularly among the Catholics, about that um, Jesus promised that the gates of hell would never prevail against the Church. And so some people would, could simply never believe that, that this kind of thing could ever infiltrate the Church. Uh, what what would be the response to that? Well, Pope, was it Pope Pius said in the 50s? I think it was Pius. It could have been another one right in that time of John. I don't think it was John. I think it was before him. Said that the smoke of Satan has entered the church. And the church in every age has to deal with different things. You know, we had to deal with different heresies and, and, and things that had to be put down. But something's happened now that's never happened in the church. And we have this influence. And it's, it's spilt out into the culture. And when the women's movement couldn't make it, and I wrote this in Look What Happened While You're Sleeping, and they failed. Everybody was, the women's movement knew it was over. And they were asked, I think it was Feinstein, was it Feinstein I wrote in the book? One of them women feminists was asked about, was, what about the women's movement? Because it's dead. You know, not paying for your, de- your, your dinner, just got a Dutch lunch. You know, you had to pay for it yourself. The women feminists lost. So they asked them about it, and they had gotten together, and they answered the gay, well, you wouldn't understand, but it's spiritual. And they planned to infiltrate into the church. Look what happened when he soon goes in that. Donna Steich's book will shock you. Very factual. I talked to a woman, very intelligent, very thorough. She went to the meetings, witchcraft, all kind of things that got into the church and these orders, and that's why they destroyed. And it spills over. I know years ago, my wife and I were getting out. We went to a hospital. We got out of the car. We was walking. This man woman got out of the car, and she was berating her husband like crazy. And I said to her, I said, Who's, what is that? Pointing to him. She said, my husband. I said, oh, I thought you brought your dog. And she looked like I hit her with a sledgehammer. That wasn't a premeditated slap in her face. It was the Holy Spirit. But other women need to be cutting into that. What are you doing? Who is this? You know, and he'd learn to just be quiet. So we've got a whole mentality of acceptance from Hollywood and everything and every level. That's wrong. We can't just say brothers anymore because it's not fair to women when it was inclusive. Nobody ever didn't feel left out. They knew that a brother meant everybody. Mankind meant everybody. Men, women, children. Nobody was left out. But now we're, we're divisive. We're exclusionary. It's not inclusive. We're saying brothers and sisters. 
Well, Adam came first, so it's only natural to say brothers, but we'll add sisters. But now we say sisters and brothers. And we have people falling into this trap out on the altar. Wars and revolutions start with words. Do you realize that? Propaganda. They condition you to change and change your mentalities. So our lady's coming to tell us, change your mentality. What the culture has fallen into, what you allow, where does it end? Noel Webster studied words. And again, all this is output the actually part of look what happened while you're sleeping on the on the site today. All wars start with words. If you're gonna have a revolution, you've got to know the phrases, you've got to know the terminology, you've got to get that instilled. What's happening in the violence in the culture can't happen through the good people. They don't have the numbers. Or rather, we've got the numbers, the evil people don't. So they have to do it through the universities, through the schools. That's where they go to. It takes one professor to corrupt thousands of youth through the years. And we seem to be the only ones that don't know that. The good side of it is people waking up. People are praying. They become more sensitive. They realize things now are falling apart. If Our Lady said everything is passing, everything is falling apart, you don't have to assume this is a maybe. This is, this is a fact. Culture as we know it is passing. Culture as we know it is falling apart. We see all the evidence of it. Many of us here in the community and through the writings that you've read Saw it 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Sometimes people write, you're being too, too much of a pessimist. Why? Because everything looked rosy. Everything, everybody's making money. Everything was expanding. If you think I'm just exaggerating, read the novenas that was written 1993. 1993. Read each one of those novenas. Meditate on what they say. Meditate on the prayer that was written to heal our land about what was coming. Nobody in those days in the 90s saw that. Everything was rosy. The early 2000s went rosy. But yet now when you read Hill on End, it's, it's exactly what's happening right now. There was no evidence of it other than what was coming through prayer and what could be seen through the messages prophetically. But now that it is, what are you going to think? And so, this <clears throat> touch of uh, the, the woman is an ancient replay of what happened in Garden of Eden. God told Adam what to do, what not to touch, and he followed it. Adam told Eve what to do, what not to touch, and she didn't follow it. She followed the devil, and Adam followed the woman. It wasn't designed that way. It was designed for he to follow God and the woman follow Adam. doesn't mean she won't have conversation with God. I'm not saying that. But the scripture says, just like quoted on the site today, that man was made for God to glorify God. The woman was made for the glory of man. And that, that man was not made from woman. And she wasn't made, or he wasn't made for woman. Woman was made for man. A man for God. Read it. It's not exaggerated. It's not twisted. It's not taken out of context. It's a verse. New Testament. This ain't ancient stuff. We got to bring everything back to order. Why? Because millions, hundreds of millions, we just hit two or three days ago, seven billion people. Seven billion people. How many of those today alive will end up for eternity in hell? And how many of those of our lady's children can do what she said today? She says, I desire that you be the light of my son, that to all those who have not come to know the Father, to all those who wander in the darkness of sin, despair, pain, loneliness, you may illuminate the way, and that with your life you may show them the love of God. I am with you. We don't have enough intact families to show the exchange of love between the God, the Father and the Mother. To transmit what the God the Father is. And so God, because of the failure of motherhood in the world, is sending the Mother to adopt us, to, to show her witness, to show how important the Father is. One Protestant minister says, fake it until you can faith it. And many times, if you have an expectation of a role, it's fulfilled. 
There should be an expectation of father to fulfill his role by the wife. But again, this comes to her decision. She has to give way and desire that headship. If she doesn't, there's nothing he can do to force it. And if he does, it always ends up in more war. And so we've got a problem today. And it's in the hands of the woman. And the woman's supposed to be the light. Because the light is coming from heaven, showing us. The Father has not left you, you to yourselves. Romans talks about when you sin and when you do and you become degraded, God will turn you over to yourselves. This is incredible why they said that. To let you know that God is even being so divine in his mercy right now, so strong in giving his mercy, that he's allowing us not to be given over to ourselves by his immeasurable love, the love that he's bringing me to you to help you to come to know him. Why? So that through my son, all you can call him father. Well, what does that mean? That means there's a void of father. There's a void of fathers being able to teach. You say, well, the father ran off. Well, who ran him off? Who made him pick up the bottle? You're the nurse. You're the woman. You got the power. Our ladies come to show you that. When you recognize it, you can realize what you can be able to do. And what can you do? Be the light. Wipe away the sin, the despair, the pain, the loneliness that's racking the world through the family and broken family. So I want you to shine. When things are not working out, where you thought it should be, she's there. When everything's gray and stormy, she's there for us. It's her who's wiping our worries. We've got everything we can trust, put all our confidence in her. Once we do that, things will change. And even if your family's broken, the woman has the power to convert and change. Scripture talks about let her convert her husband through her quiet demeanor. Not our warring. I don't say roaring, but being a warlord. You say, oh, we're a friend of Mr. Gore. He's just putting so much weight on the woman. Yes, I am. She who rocks a cradle rules the world. She who neglects a cradle rules the world. Both ways. Are you going to be a negative or positive? Our lady's calling you to be that light. And thereby everybody in the family be the light. When you're walking to the edge of those dark and lonely woods And when I ask how was your day And you answer, not so good And when nothing seems to be working out Quite the way it should I Gray and stormy clouds And there's not a single face you know In the maddening crowd When you know that you're gonna make your way But you just can't see how Oh, gonna be okay. How it- 
You know, Our Lady says many things to us. It's something we overlook every time the message comes up. And it's related to conversion. What the song just related to us, that in conversion, you begin to change, you look in the mirror, and you see someone you don't know anymore. That old self, you change. But in regards to the message, Ali is showing us something that needs to change. If it didn't, she wouldn't be saying, remember to pray. And Ali says, again, I'm calling you. Who is you? Us who are listening. Her children, the lay people. And priests and bishops who are listening. But the way she says it, speaking to one group for another group. And again, I'm calling you. Pray for your shepherds. My children know if I say I promise such and such, it's going to happen. I rarely say it because I believe if you promise something, you've got to obligate, you're obligated to fulfill that and to do it. And I've always wanted my kids to know that if I say that word, they know thunder's going to strike. If it's a positive thing, they know it's going to happen. I won't promise if I know it won't happen. But I can tell you, you shepherds out there, you priests, you bishops, Our Lady is saying something to you. It's very important. And I can tell you, the microphone and the pulpit God's given here and the writings has saved thousands of marriages and your silence from the pulpits and the microphone that you have, the voice, has led to many divorces. I'm not giving an indictment. I'm giving an encouragement. If you were to get on the pulpit and just say the things I said today, you would have a few people angry with you, very angry. But I'm telling you, I'm promising you, if you continued this, you stayed the course with it. You did these teachings. You wasn't quiet about it. You didn't apologize for it. You would have speaking engagements for the next three or four years. 
I promise that. Start speaking. Start saying it. Say no more divorce. No more separation in the same household. There's only one thing we accept in the church. For good or for better or for worse. That you stay together. And you work it out. We'll have nothing less. Don't come to our marriage tribunal in our diocese for anomalous. Give order. Give the structure for the people, the married couples, to work it out. A headship and the other to follow that. The headship doesn't have to make more perfect decisions, but it has to be obeyed. Just as a priest or a bishop. The bishop don't have to make perfect decisions, but he has to be obeyed. Teach that obedience is more important than being right. It's not the issue, is this the right decision or the wrong decision? It's the authority of God. It's sacred. Nobody has a right to violate it. And yet fathers are violated constantly. Even by those who don't even realize it. If you do this, if you feel the prayers for us praying for you, you'll be sought out by thousands of people. The flock is thirsting for it. They want it. They want to hear truth, even if it hurts. A very, very important message from a lady. The light to show you how to give light. I promise you this. We love you. We wish you, Our Lady, good night. Good night.